0: and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I have to admit, I think we have a first today, and we're in program 840-something or other I've had financial experts on before, but I don't think I have ever had someone who is representing a credit union. So we're going to learn a little bit more about that, but we're going to learn so much more about my guest. And so please join me in welcoming Tansley Stearns to our program today. Welcome, Tansley. How are you doing? I'm doing
1: amazing, Deb. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we will dive into this. I'm going to bury my head
1: while you say all these. Things. I know. I know. It's always
0: entertaining when we hear our own bios. We're always oh, like, wow. Yes. <laughs> yes, My mom would be very happy I about know. it. On the other hand, I know. Like yeah, yeah, but you've earned all of these accolades. Well, so, yes, yes, yes. So, Tansley Stern's experience has been shaped by her more than 24 years, you started when you were two, uh, 24 (laughs) years of credit union leadership experience, including roles in research, sales, service, and government relations. This past summer, she joined Metro Detroit-based $1.5 billion community financial credit union as president and CEO. Um, Alongside CFCU's approximately 350 team members, Tansley works tirelessly to create joy and ignite Michigander's impossible dreams. The credit union serves more than 85,000 members, has 13 branch locations, and is designated a 2022 Top 20 Workplace by the Detroit Free Press. Tansley holds a Hosts a podcast titled Despite Impossible, which focuses on stories of individuals who have defied odds and don't comprehend the word impossible. From business to art, affordable housing, education, and more, Dis- Despite Impossible tells the stories of dreamers across the nation who bring the impossible to life. So, again, Tansley, welcome. This is such an honor. Thank you. It's such a treat to be with you today. Well, we're going to have so much fun, you know, and, and I mean, you've had a pretty diverse background. Mm -hmm. Like I said, started when you were two. (laughs) What I always like knowing is how my guests got to where they are today. So tell us how you, you discovered that this is your passion in life.
1: Absolutely. So I grew up in the Great state of Michigan, and one of the wonderful things about living in Michigan is that our maps are attached to our bodies. So hey, this is where I grew like Colorado up. that's right That's right. So I grew up in a tiny town called Hillsdale, Michigan. Okay. And I went to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, and I graduated from there with two degrees, one in English and one in psychology. And my father was terribly concerned that I was going to waste my life away. And as I was looking for jobs, I was looking for roles in both marketing and social work, because at 21, I had no idea what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I got an interview at a credit union, a small shop that served Macy's employees. So they were actually headquartered okay. in the basement of a Macy's store in Waterford, okay. Michigan. My mom went with me to that interview. And as we pulled into the parking lot, she got really concerned and looked at me very sternly and said, Tansley, honey, is this a real job? <laughs> <laughs> and Really, that was a springboard for me into my future. I fell in love really quickly with the cooperative nature of credit unions. I believe that it is the best business model for human beings to reach their dreams. And the gift of my time there, I was there for nine years, was I worked for a man named John Normando? He was a wonderful president and CEO, and he was a dreamer. And he really understood something that I believe is difficult in leadership, which is surrounding yourself by people that have complimentary gifts. Mm. He was a CPA, a CFO by (laughs) trade, and I was a marketer and a dreamer. And together, we really were able to do some things that alone we might not have been able to do. And he also gave me a lot of exposure across the organization. And I, at that time, really started to form this dream of becoming a president and CEO. Mm -hmm. I also knew that it's unusual to start in the marketing seat and find your way into that
0: CEO. Mm -hmm. Because you're not a financial person. That's right.
1: That's right. I'm not a CPA. My dad is. (laughs) And so I really formed my path as I went to a mid-sized credit union in Connecticut. I went on to work at Beth Page, federal credit union, one of the largest credit unions in our country, at our industry's think tank called the Mm -hmm. Fluene Research Institute, and most recently at Canvas, Wearing a lot of different hats, Mm -hmm. gaining exposure so that when the time was right to be able to talk to a board about this dream, that they could see that I had really worked hard to be able to understand the entirety of our business and how you can bring that to life. Mm -hmm. And so here I am. I got a call from a recruiter last year and she knew me pretty well and said, hey, I know Michigan's your home state. I know this is your dream. You want to come
0: meet these people and see what you think? And here I am. Wonderful. I love it. I love it. And, and like we said, it is fairly unusual for women to have a high level position in, in any type of financial industry, Um, you know, and, and so bless you for, for doing this, because it does show that we can be whatever we want to be. Yes. You know,
1: it's interesting. Credit unions have really unique data around the topic you're mentioning. We, as an industry, have more women in that CEO seat. Mm-hmm. And as the asset size gets larger, there are fewer women represented. Mm-hmm. So we still have work to do. Mm-hmm. And I also really agree with you. You know, one of my goals in life, as I have a 12 year old daughter, Mackenzie, is that I know that in order to have more women in these seats, mm-hmm women have to see other women in those Mm -hmm. seats. And so my hope is that to your point, whatever Mackenzie dreams of doing, she will see that when you have that dream and you Mm -hmm. chase that dream, it's possible to reach it and that that will invite her to consider more options in her Mm -hmm. future.
0: Right. I love it. I love it. Well, this is just a little basic question here before we we do a lot more. I think a lot of people don't know what a credit union is. Mm. Um, And we actually love credit unions. Um, We moved from Colorado to Atlanta Over 11 years ago, and we are still with the same credit union that we were with in Colorado. Um, It's a fairly small one, pretty much just in in Colorado. But we liked it because of the benefits and and the fact that it was smaller. And clearly, we haven't had any issues, you know, being a thousand miles away. Mm -hmm. But you know, I think people don't quite understand what a credit union is. They think, well, you have to be a member of an organization, so like IBM Credit Union, you have to work for IBM. But, you know, there are so many credit unions like yours where you're not you're not a member of a company or a group of people Mm -hmm. like a military thing or something like that. So tell us a little bit more about what a credit union is. Absolutely. So I
1: really appreciate the question because I do think that credit unions have an opportunity to tell our story more vibrantly. Mm -hmm. And I always love when I receive that Mm -hmm. question. We were really founded as an industry in the United States during the Great Depression. And in fact, there's a wonderful place that if your listeners are ever in New Hampshire, they should go, which is America's credit union museum. Ah. And it's actually in the home of the place where the first credit union came mm-hmm. to life in mm-hmm. our country. And that man was an attorney, and every day he would cross the river and practice law. And he came home in the evening and opened the doors of his home. Mm-hmm. And there are these magnificent stories of his children watching people lined about the door because mm-hmm. they didn't have a place where they could feel safe putting their hard-earned dollars Mm -hmm. to save, and they didn't have a place that they could trust to borrow money. Mm -hmm. And so they came together to do that. So we're a financial cooperative, Mm -hmm. very simply. We're not for profit. And so what that means is that our business model allows us to not chase quarter to quarter share shareholder commitments. We have members. Every one of our members Mm -hmm. is a shareholder. And so our commitment is to them and everything that we earn goes back to them in the form of Mm -hmm. better rates, better technology, Mm -hmm. and a commitment to service. So it's a really special business model. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about our board here at Community Financial. Mm -hmm. They are a volunteer board. So they raise their hands to do that. Okay. Without anything coming back, except the, the good feeling that they are helping others. Mm-hmm. And that's a really special part of our industry. What you mentioned in terms of, you know, can I join? Mm-hmm. That really comes from our roots. You know, I mentioned my first credit union where I started, they originally served Macy's employees. So at that time, you did have to work for Macy's to mm-hmm. become a part of that organization. For us at Community Financial, we serve everyone across the great state of Michigan. So if you live, work, worship here in the Mitten State, we welcome you to come and be a part of what we are doing. And so it's a really special industry. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that that I'm most proud of is the collaborative spirit of credit unions. So unlike most industries where competitors would never call one another, mm-hmm. you know, if I had a real burning question today, I might call one of my fellow credit union CEOs down the street and say, Hey, how are you doing this thing? And they would take my call and answer it. And we would do the same. And we think that that's one of the real gifts mm-hmm. of our industry.
0: Right. You no. Know, and one of the things that I like is that now, you know, we're, we're part of Belco. Belco is a pretty yes. good size credit union, yes, sure but are. you still feel like it's a, um, you know, putting this in my air quotes for people who are just sure. listening, a small town bank Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get when, when we've done loans and things, we get a much better rate when we sure. go through them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is a little bit more complicated that we're a thousand miles away. But mm-hmm. there's these things called Federal Express. And, you know, because there have been times where, you know, you have to and we haven't done anything for a while. So e-signatures might really have, have sure. accomplished yeah. this. But there were times where we'd have to sign things and then you know send them right back um, when we moved here and got our mortgage. Um, you know, it was it was something that, again, a little bit more challenging, mm-hmm. but you also mm-hmm. knew that you were not just one of a billion people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so that was always what was so good about it. They might not know me by name, but that was because I didn't go in. Now, if I'd gone in fairly often, they, they very well might have known me, but it still has that very much small town, small bank flavor. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I hear people say, because, you know, it's really funny. Anytime I would go to a networking thing here in, in Atlanta and the bank people from whatever bank would come up and they'd say, oh, you've recently moved here. Have you, have you moved your bank? And it didn't matter what they were. But if I said, oh, I stayed with our credit union, they went, okay. That was where the conversation ended because they knew that they literally could not compete.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, I'm really excited to say that some of the challenges that you have faced over time Mm -hmm. are things that I know credit unions are Mm -hmm. solving across the country and we're taking really seriously. Mm -hmm. You know, ease of use is a a foundational Mm -hmm. piece of what we need to bring to bear and Mm -hmm. making it easier for our members. Mm -hmm because there are lots of human beings my daughter included that are unlikely to come into a branch right. location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're and going so to
0: use their phone they to sure do everything are.
1: they do. Yep. Yes, absolutely. So we're excited to make that commitment and you know what you speak about is something that we really take seriously as a strategy. You know, we talk about engagement and experience mm-hmm. for our members. If if a member is going to come into a location, it's unlikely because they want to do a simple transaction. Mm-hmm. You know, usually they're using this mobile device attached to their hip or they might right. be using an ATM, if they're coming in, it's it's likely that it's a bigger transaction. Right. They're getting
0: a car loan, a mortgage, mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. And so we're excited to bring those new experiences to life. In fact, we are launching within the next couple of weeks, our playground location, ah. which mm-hmm. is a new branch experience where we're going to test new technology mm-hmm. and the way that engagement comes to life with our members and we're clawing at the playground because mm-hmm. we really do want to test and try some things. Uh-huh. You know, the world is moving so quickly right now that it's a good idea to be able to put something into action, mm-hmm. even if it isn't perfect, and be able right. to prove upon it yeah. and learn from it and improve upon it. And that iteration mm-hmm. is so critical as we continue to evolve
0: our experience for our members. Right. Yeah, and one of the things that I've always been so impressed with credit unions, as opposed to All the big guys, yeah, um, is how involved you are in the communities. And Mm -hmm. I know that that is something that is just absolutely critical to you. So talk about a lot of the things that you have done over the years to really make sure that you are part of that
1: community. Absolutely. Well, one of the reasons I came here, honestly, is that we have over 50 student run branch locations, both in southeastern Michigan Mm -hmm. and in our northern region. Mm -hmm. And I just love this commitment from our hearts to students around financial literacy. And we're now-, now taking- Is this high school? Is this college? Is this- It's high school. It's middle school. It's elementary school. Oh. And what we love is those are all instrumental stages. You know, right. what's what's interesting about financial literacy is we geek out about it in credit unions and mm-hmm. we love it. And unfortunately, the statistics about it are pretty
0: lousy because- right. I know. I, mean, I talk to just young take a kids, class, do, right? They, they have no idea- right. How to, to do anything, you know, and, and you're like, well, do you balance your checkbook? And they're like, bank checkbook. Right. Bit, yeah. Now, granted, I don't write a lot of checks anymore, but, right. but yeah, they just, they're, and, and this has unfortunately been something for many years. Schools are not teaching the basics of financial literacy. Right. And so what's great news is that we are partnering with the
1: schools to bring that to life. I've had the chance since I got here in June to meet with the superintendents of all the districts Mm -hmm. that we are in. And they are so enthusiastic about our next evolution of Mm -hmm. this financial literacy, which will not only be that content, Mm -hmm. but technology and product line Mm -hmm. that are tied to those stages. You know, when you're in elementary school, it's just about, you know, how do we put away some of that money, maybe start to have some chores. Uh Learn about those buckets of save, spend and give and make that really simple and easy as we get into middle school. Maybe it's a first job. Mm -hmm. And what do we do with that? And then when we get to high school. Maybe it's that first car. Mm And, and what we know is that being with human beings across all those stages of life allows us to truly be a partner mm-hmm. and ensure that that financial literacy is something that people activate because right. knowledge doesn't always equate to behavior changes. Mm-hmm. And the way that you can maximize that knowledge equating to an even brighter financial future is ensuring that it's tied to something that's meaningful.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and it's, it is one of those things, like I said, that, that people don't teach. And unfortunately, COVID, you know, just kind of threw everything in and up or people ended up using credit cards again when maybe they might have, have gotten away from them. But I think so many times it was funny. I was talking with somebody the other day and he said, you know, he, he went to college mm-hmm. and I uh, I don't remember actually where he went, but he said, you know, so freshman orientation there were all of these tables set up around the room of all of the banks who were who were going to give you a credit card? Right, and and of course, he said we had no idea what that meant, <laughs> you know? right. and that not only did we have to pay it back, but it, we paid it back with interest. Right, uh, you know? <laughs> and and that was so true. I mean, I remember that too. Mine was actually a gas credit card, which at some point I reached and I went, "Okay, mom." <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> And because I kind of kept up with it and kind of kept up with it, but because I was only kind of keeping up with it, the insurance was, or, uh, the interest was, was really going to nail me. And it did, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it, it, it's great. And we're thinking, well, Hey, I'm off to college. I'm, you know, getting my first job, all these things. And, and we do need credit cards right. to, to establish credit. I think that's one of the things that sometimes people don't get, but they also don't understand. Okay. If you don't pay it off, here are the results. Right, right. You know, one of the
1: things that I love that we do in the schools is something called a reality fair. And Mm -hmm. it really walks you through some of those Mm -hmm. scenarios that you just mentioned. And it's really fun to hear students talking about, okay, well, this is the job I have. And okay, if I'm going to make this decision about buying this car, what sacrifices do I have to make? And and starting to really see that. And so that kind of experiential learning is something that we really love to bring to life.
0: Right. You know, and the the problem is, of course, that kids aren't being taught it by their parents Mm. who were never taught financial literacy. I mean, you know, it's, it's just been this kind of snowball effect. And, you know, even when I was in school way back, way back, way back, um, We, we did a little bit of finance but certainly not here's how you balance a checkbook here are those things and and you know to me that's a school's responsibility you know yes we need to learn math we need to learn english we need to learn all of those things but we also need to learn what to do when we go out into that world um you know and and unfortunately you know people can't depend on the parents teaching it to them that's that's obviously the great first resource. You know, your your parents should be teaching that, but sometimes they just, like we said, they just don't know. So it's up to schools to complement what they that the, what they're being taught at home. Um, right. You know, and, and so I love that you guys are taking the lead with being able to do that. Well, and
1: it's it's really good news because the state of Michigan is creating some mandates about that financial huh. literacy in the mm-hmm. schools, and so we're thrilled to partner on that. Mm-hmm. And I also think, you know, to your point about parents, I've been the part of focus groups with Mm -hmm. parents talking about these topics. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think what you mentioned in terms of some of the fear, the intimidation, I think even shame Mm -hmm. that parents feel. Oh, my gosh, I got in debt.
0: Yes. I don't want my kids to know that.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Or even, you know, I didn't learn those things from my parent. How do I teach this because I haven't had the modeling Mm -hmm. about it? Or, gosh, I I actually had a parent talk about, you know, they were so exposed Mm -hmm. that the parent wanted them to see every check that they wrote, every bill that they paid, Mm -hmm. everything about their mortgage. And that was so intense. They wanted the opposite. So, right. They're like, (laughs) I'm never getting a mortgage. No, that was scary. Mm -hmm." Yes. So those early experiences do have impact. And and I think. (laughs) As credit unions, we're excited to be a partner with parents as they tell those stories that the the tools and technology that we can bring to life for them can help make those conversations right. easier, simpler, mm-hmm. and more impactful.
0: Right. You know, and you, know, you you mentioned the innovation. I mean, you know, it really is something where it is totally different. You right. know, I grew up where every bill you paid, you yeah. wrote a check for, and you put it in the little envelope and you put a little stamp on it to away way it went. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you hope that the mailman didn't drop it in the mud and, you know, all of those things. And, and now, of course we do so much online, you know, we right. well, virtually every transaction anymore online and, you know, and, and so you have to be able to keep up with that technology, you know, and, and even just things like knowing, is this a secure transaction Sure. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. So tell us a little bit more about some of the innovation, because I think that's, that's very cool.
1: Well, I I consider myself very lucky to have spent six years working at the Faleen Research Institute, Mm -hmm. and one of the hats that I wore there was helping credit unions develop an innovation competency grounded in human-centered design, Mm -hmm. and that's just fancy words for really using empathy to better understand Mm -hmm. the biggest problems human beings Mm -hmm. have, Mm -hmm. marrying that with subject matter expertise to come up with novel Mm -hmm. solutions. Mm -hmm. and. What I love about that approach is that word empathy, because innovation can be the chasing of bright, shiny objects, and that can be very distracting, sometimes lead you to investing in things that might not solve the problems Mm -hmm. of your constituents. And so being able to start with empathy really ensures that we are serving our Mm -hmm. members in that way that really is connected to how well we know them, just what you talked about in terms of your relationship Mm -hmm. with Alco. So I'm really proud of that approach. We're developing our own innovation lab here at CFCU, and we are invested in the innovation lab at Feline to continue to test new products and services collaboratively. Right. Because, you know, what is fun about that approach is that we can take a look at a host of new solutions. One credit mean might test it and learn something a little different than what we do, and right. we can all apply those learnings mm-hmm. together.
0: So we're really thrilled about that partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and a big part of it is knowing who you're working with, Without um, you know, and and like my mother, bless her, she's 90, mm-hmm. she will not do online bill pay, she will not do online banking. Right. Um, now, it is set up so that if I need to, I can can yeah. see and, and things like that. Yeah. But but yeah, she still writes her checks, you know, she even when she goes to Walmart, I get a kick out of it. She had, you know, and they have this service, you know, so she can't do self serve. she has to go through and have it she will hand them a blank check
1: oh, and they God. have
0: the, they have a machine that uh-huh. you run it through and it does it for the exact amount. And then she hands the check back to her. Um, okay. you know. And, and so what it's done is it's looked at the routing numbers and, and all of oh. that. And I tell her, you know, mom, a debit card will do the same thing. And yeah. she's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Um, okay. And you know, and, and so yeah, knowing who you're dealing with um, and knowing, okay, well, this generation, They're not ever going to step foot in, you know, in one of your your facilities. This generation is kind of the mixed generation. Then there's the older demographic who still wants to write checks. They still want to have their their person call them by name when they go in. And and obviously, I think that's much easier with a credit union. Right. Well, and what's
1: interesting is that COVID did make some shifts there. So Mm I told this story about my mom in the early days of COVID when we weren't even touching anything mm-hmm. called me and
0: i know you're like flinging stuff in. through the drive through at yes, the that's rest. right
1: that's right well she she went into the drive through and she looked at the tube and she looked at the pen and mm-hmm. she said i i drove away because i couldn't touch any of those things and so we had this conversation about remote deposit capture mm-hmm. taking a picture of the check and mm-hmm. having that be processed and we set that up for her and you know I think it speaks to the fact that across generations, because of what we've gone through with COVID, the technology adoption right. is certainly vastly more readily accepted mm-hmm. by that next generation, my daughter. And you know, my mom today is using her Credit Union's mobile app vastly more than right. she probably would have without mm-hmm. COVID. And so- you know, I think you're absolutely right. Understanding our members really well, adapting to their needs and and really knowing where they are in that journey because, you know, I think for my mom, mm-hmm. one of the things that matters most about the adoption of that technology is having someone she trusts
0: right. walk her through that. And right.
1: mm-hmm. that's a role that we can really play. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you walk in and you hand them yes. your phone. Yes, that's
1: right. That's
0: right. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and is that the best optimal way? <laughs> maybe. maybe no, we, as well. we all learn, right? We all right. learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And, you know, she's taught me some really important lessons about where there's a need for innovation. You know, she, about a year ago, had a really bad situation with identity theft, and it was just, traumatic, you know, and she's talked very openly Mm -hmm. about how it it caused a lot of shame and it caused Mm -hmm. all kinds of headaches. And, you know, we've talked as a team about the Mm -hmm. fact that there is this really important need for our members to help them identify those scams as they happen, protect them from those scams. And, you know, so again, that empathy really can guide Mm -hmm. us to what do we need to solve? Mm -hmm. And then how do we
0: solve that in a new and interesting way? Right. You know, and and obviously a lot of it is making sure that you have the security features and and things like that. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's it, it does come back to, you know, you are smaller, therefore you can, and you know, we talked about what 1.5 billion. I mean, you know, clearly yeah. you're <laughs> but but you know, because you are smaller, you can help people when they have an issue. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I know that if I had an issue and walked into say a Chase or a Wells Fargo or whatever. Nah, you know, you you might get help, you might not, and and that's not a knock against them because clearly they they fill their role, you know, and and um, but yeah, it's just it's, it is very different.
1: Yeah, we really do take pride in that connection with our members, and and how we can use that listening mm-hmm. that we we think of as a superpower mm-hmm. to enable even stronger solutions.
0: Right. So, in your bio, I mentioned that one of your big goals. Is to help mm-hmm. Michiganders. Did I say that right?
1: Um, you did. Absolutely. Yes, yes.
0: Fulfill their impossible dreams, right. and we don't think about financial institutions doing that. We think about financial institutions. saying, give me your money, and I might give it back, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? um, but talk to us about the impossible dreams. How in the? Because of course, now that song's in my head. Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, how is it that you work with people so that they can fulfill those impossible dreams? Absolutely. So, you know,
1: when I got here in June and I started talking about dreaming about the impossible, there was a lot of confusion and, mm-hmm. and really important questions from the team about, you know, why are you saying impossible? Don't you know that means it can't happen? And and what I've said is, you know, I, I do believe as a leader, one of my roles is to speak in hyperbole mm-hmm. and to invite us as an organization to dream boldly. You know, if, I, if I'm steering us way over here, Mm -hmm. you know, in a year, we're going to be here. And in five years, those that are listening, we're going to be a little further. And Mm -hmm. and by the time I retire, hopefully we'll be that impossible. Mm -hmm. And so we need to really stretch ourselves to think that boldly. It's also important for us to think about the impossible because as a credit union and really for all financial institutions in a very highly regulated environment, for all the right reasons to be good stewards of our members' money, we
0: tend to think fairly conservatively. Right, right. You should be. Like you said, you you are the the stewards of their finances. So you have to be responsible. Yes, yes. And... With that responsibility,
1: there's also risk in not thinking boldly. You know, for example, when we talk about some of the technology you and I have discussed, if if we don't advance that to a place where my daughter, who's been swiping in an iPad since she was one, which makes mm-hmm. me a very bad mom... <laughs> No, no. The technology that all of us are using in our service model, mm-hmm. she's likely to not think of us as a viable partner in her financial future. Right. And so, and it's so much more than technology. You know, when we think about the impossible for us, it's about the big issues mm-hmm. that are facing Michiganders, housing affordability mm-hmm. as an example, right. you know. If you are looking for a home in the great state of Michigan today, it's really, really challenging to find Mm -hmm. one that is affordable. And and I think for many people, it's it's such a big issue. Where do you even begin? Mm -hmm. And for us, it's such a big issue. Let's start. You know, we
0: can't ignore it. Mm-hmm. That's
1: right. That's right. And, and you know, as a lender of choice in Michigan, we believe we have a role to play in that. So, you know, we're looking at special purpose loans that can help address that. We're looking at different kinds of housing. Mm-hmm. We're standing up a foundation. We're building partnerships. And so, you know, it's never one answer. Mm-hmm especially with something that big. And, you know, I, I just know that a year from now, we're going to have even more stories to tell. And certainly in five years, we're going to be able to have really made mm-hmm. this impossible dream come mm-hmm. true.
0: Right. You know, and I mentioned in, in your bio that your your mm-hmm. credit union is Detroit-based, which, yes. you know, yeah. unless you've been hiding under a rock, we all know Detroit has had some incredibly challenging situations that, that have been going on and, and have for quite a long time. I mean, you know, the, just the, the fact that the auto industry is, you know, their their primary source and has been for many years for so many people for their income. And unfortunately, those, those things have changed. So how have you seen things kind of shift? I know you just got there. Um, yes. But how have you seen that, you know, as situations change, credit unions and other financial uh, organizations have to make those shifts also.
1: Yeah, so our headquarters is in Plymouth, Michigan, which is a suburb of Detroit. And, you know, Detroit is is such a special place. You know, it is where my dad grew up. Mm -hmm. It is a a city that cares deeply about the human beings that are there. And and what's great is that, to your point, in the short time that I've been here, I've had the opportunity to be on the ground talking with people that not only care about the city Mm -hmm. and the future of this special city. That is Detroit. They are taking action, and they're interested in partners that wish to do that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the meetings that I was able to to bring to life in my first few months here actually came from a super fun conversation I was having with our chief re, uh, our chief revenue and lending mm-hmm. officer, Jill Johnson. And you know, I was asking Jill a little bit about you know how oh, do we another woman money? woohoo yes mm-hmm. that's right that's right and she's an incredible woman by the way and so I was asking her you know. Who would be a dream partner? You know, if you could think of anybody from a lending perspective that you think we should be talking to, who would it be? And she said, well, the guys, Keith and Evan, that are on this HGTV show, Bargain Block. And yeah. I had never seen Bargain Block and I mm-hmm. said, okay, well, tell me more. And she said, well, you know, they buy homes in Detroit and they mm-hmm. enhance those homes and they're really serious about it. Mm-hmm. And they're so much fun to watch. And so I said, okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to reach out. So I, I mean, the out. least
0: is going to happen is you're going to get told no or ignored. That's right. That's right, and I, you know, I'm just a big believer. We always ask,
1: right? We always right. try. So I reached out, and and it, a few weeks later, and you know, so much was happening at that mm-hmm. time, right? I'm starting a new job and learning all kinds of things, and I got a phone call from Keith, and he he talked to me a little bit, and I I didn't realize who he was, <clears> and I said. <throat> He said, you know what, Tansley, you, you you left me a message and and I said, oh no, you know, thank you so much. I I, I haven't, I don't know who you are. And I hung up. Oh no. And he called back and he left a message and I didn't answer because again, I thought it was a sales call.
0: Right, right. You're like, yeah, yeah
1: whatever, <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the voicemail a couple hours later and I'm just mortified. Yes, you're I, like, oh my no. gosh, here's my oh, chance. No. I let it go. So uh-huh. I called him back and, and luckily Keith was so kind. And he said, uh-huh. he said no, no problem. He said, you know, actually you're about the kindest person to a salesperson I've ever heard. So now we have a really good story about how uh-huh. we met. Uh-huh. I said, yeah, absolutely. So we went down and we talked to Keith and Eminent. and they really were gracious to share mm-hmm. their commitment to the city and, you know, Our discussions led to a much bigger partnership about how we can address this issue of housing affordability, Mm -hmm. how we can be good financial partners to them and to the homeowners that they are working to help come into these homes. So. It's really been a lot of fun. And, you know, I can go on and on for days about the many. Now I have to watch just to. Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes, for sure. For sure. And and they're just such gracious human beings. And, and, and I believe that those kinds of partnerships and collaborations are the way that we solve these bigger issues, right? Not any one of us is going to solve housing affordability. Right. And when we come together, we have a
0: real shot at it. Right. Yeah, you know, and I think probably one of the biggest issues is the fact that people think that home ownership is just out of the, the realm of discussion for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because when when you're thinking about it, you're thinking, okay, you know, all these homes cost $500,000, you know, all of these things. And, and, and they don't understand, okay, first of all, you don't have to buy a $500,000 house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are certainly much more homes that are wonderful homes that are much more affordable some might need a little bit of work, some might not, you know, and even, even new builds, you know, they are, you, you see the signs, you see the the big stuff, but so many companies obviously are figuring out, okay, there's, there's a very limited market there. We need to have affordable housing for the masses because that's where, you know, the, the most people are. And, and so they're, are they building the 500,000 and plus up? Yeah, well, of course, but they're also building things that are, you know, maybe it's a townhome, maybe it's a condo, you know, all sorts of things are just, you know, much, much, I love the concept of tiny homes. I can never do that, but I love that concept. Um, But yeah, so they're figuring out, plus they're figuring out that our millennials, bless their little hearts, that's what they want. You know, Mm -hmm. they don't want the big houses with, you know, the five bedrooms and two bathrooms and, and all of those things. They just want something that's nice and affordable and they don't want to go into massive debt to get them.
1: Well, and that's, you know, it's, it's interesting you raised the idea of tiny homes. We're really excited about those as a possible part of the right. solution to mm-hmm. affordable housing. You know, and, and Keith and Evan have been really gracious to to share with me that there's a probably right size for the footprint of a tiny home. You know, they, mm-hmm. they gently said to me, you know, I, we know you've spent a vacation weekend in a tiny home, but we've lived in a tiny home. Yes, and yeah, and it, it needs to be a little bit
0: bitter, bigger <laughs> what's than liable?
1: tiny. Yes, what's mm-hmm. viable? And and also just thinking again, that's another way, I think to your point, there are individuals of all ages that, that think about you know, I want to have a home. I want to have a grounded place that I can have memories built Mm -hmm. with the people that I love. And I want to consider going on vacations and I want Mm -hmm. to dream about other things that I might spend Mm -hmm. my resources on. And so being able to have lots of different Mm -hmm. options for human beings to build their dream. You know, I think one of the things I'm most proud of when we talk about human beings and their impossible dreams is that my dream is not the same as your dream. Is not right. the same as the next mm-hmm. person's dream. And we want to understand that and walk with people
0: towards mm-hmm. their unique impossible. Right, right. You know, and and it ultimately comes back to what we were saying: financial literacy. You know, understanding. Okay, maybe you want the five hundred thousand dollar home, but is your mortgage going to be so much that you can't take vacations? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 unfortunately, we've seen that a lot. I've you know, I've seen that so many times where you know it's like yeah i have this gorgeous house but you know it, it, our mortgage is eating us alive um right. you know and, and and you know and, and i i want to be clear you know it's it's not the fault of the lenders mm-hmm. they are a business they are in business to make money You know, if if you have a mortgage that is too big, well, you signed for that. Um, Now, did you understand what you're what was happening? And I think that is is one of the big issues is people don't always understand when they're signing for the mortgage what all that entails. Um, You know, and and of course, COVID just COVID threw that completely out. You know, I mean, that was just very confusing. And um, you know, I, I remember talking to one person, and she said, "Well, yeah, we're we're not paying, and they're they're fine with that." And I said. You do understand you still owe that, right? <laughs> you know, they they didn't just say, okay, we're writing off those $500 a month payments. No, you still owe that at some point, um, you know, and, and it might be higher interest rates. I mean, all sorts of things. And and so, yeah, it, it back to financial literacy, people just absolutely have to understand what is going on and, you know, and, and whoever's teaching it to them has got to be doing a, a good job at teaching it to them.
1: Yeah. And again, I, I think the key to that is that it's relevant, right? right. At, at the moment mm-hmm. that we have the opportunity to talk to somebody as they're mm-hmm. considering home ownership, mm-hmm. the ears are open then, right? The, right? the opportunity is then to be able to talk about, okay, so what are your dreams? Mm-hmm. You know, what matters most to you right. and how can we then mm-hmm. apply that knowledge so that it helps them make the decision that is going to head them in the direction mm-hmm. that is towards those dreams. Right.
0: Right you know, and, and there's so many variables that I think so many people don't even think about is like okay well, this is great, this is fabulous, but ooh, I'm not sure about the school district here oh, um, you know, or okay, we're retired now, and so we need to you know all of these various things and and uh, you know that's you know if you're dealing with you know the person where you're just the number, they mm-hmm. don't care. you yeah. know, but when you're dealing with a much smaller organization, whether it's a you know a specific mortgage lender, or something like a credit union, they are going to care because they want to keep you long term. I remember years ago, I was, we were, you know, in the, the housing market, and the we were being pushed towards a much larger mortgage than we could afford. Mm. We could afford it right then, right? But it was gonna be, it was gonna be difficult. And I remember our realtor telling us, you understand. Now, this was a while ago, this is probably 15 years ago at least, if not more. They said, they really only need to to do this to to have you pay for a couple of years, and then they've made their money back. They can foreclose. They don't care. And I was like, oh, well, that's just mean. And they said, yeah, you know, again, <laughs> they're in it for business, you know. And and it didn't matter to them that in two years somebody might have to to you know declare bankruptcy or or get out and and all of those things. And and so, but it, you know, and so we went down to our credit union, and they said, okay. Here's what you can really afford based on what you were doing you and they did they asked those, are you going to have a family? you know do you want to take trips? all of those things. And so they 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 did tell us you qualify for much less than you think you do in order to be practical. And that was such valuable information.
1: Well, I love what you're pointing to in terms of the engagement with our team. You know, we are thinking boldly about the future of work here Mm -hmm. at Community Financial, and and that means really engaging people Mm -hmm. in how they can have a role Mm -hmm. that allows them to go home at night and be really enthusiastic about Mm it. If you were to meet our team members here at Community Financial, sharing financial literacy, Mm -hmm. being able to see members reach those goals and dreams, walking with our members towards those is so powerful in terms of the way that they bring their roles to life. And so it's a huge part of who we are. And and I talk a lot about the fact that, you know, the experience we can create for our team here at The Mm -hmm. Credit Union Then directly translates to our members having an Mm -hmm. even more powerful experience, and so you know I I think for our team, one of the reasons they love to work here is that we do care so deeply, we do put (coughs) first, Mm -hmm.
0: and our commitment to the community is so great. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, speaking of the commitment to the community, I want to kind of switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about your podcast. Absolutely, Um, I like podcasts. Um, You know, and, and so you know, and and. It's, uh, it's, it's funny. I just went to pod fest. We had oh, fifteen hundred yes. people there who were talking about podcasts. I mean, it was just, my little head came away and went, and, you know, and, and just, um, but so it's your, your podcast is called despite impossible. And it is through the credit union. Am I correct? It is absolutely so. Which sounds very unique. Which yes, you know, you know it's not just something you've gone off and done. No, no, it is. No. It is something that the credit union is doing. So I love that. So talk to us more about that.
1: Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in thought leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, in a world that is very, very, very noisy, people have all kinds of messages coming mm-hmm. at them, and so for us to just be shooting out more messages about mm-hmm. we have great rates we care deeply about our members. Those things matter. And what I really think works is engagement where we're telling stories, where we're inviting a two-way conversation with our members, with our community. And that's really what Despite Impossible is about. We want to invite people to think boldly about what some people would think could never happen. And I've been talking a lot with my team about our guests and... and it's hard to even come up with the right word to describe these amazing human beings because they are dreamers. You know, they are Mm -hmm. thinking boldly Mm -hmm. about the future. They have really grand ideas and a lot of people dream and that's where things stop. Right. Mm -hmm. These human beings we are having the opportunity to talk with and learn Mm -hmm. from are not only Dreaming, Mm -hmm. they are executing, they're bringing those dreams Mm -hmm. into reality. And that's such a bold and unusual kind of human. And so, what I love about this storytelling is that it invites our members, it invites Michiganders, it invites people across the nation, I hope, Mm -hmm. to be able to think about their own impossible Mm -hmm. and learn with us. You know, every one of these conversations, I'm sure you experience this as well. I learned so much. Mm-hmm. And every time there's something I'm taking away. Mm-hmm. And and I'm also really excited about some of the themes that we hear. You know, we we ask a lot about, you know, how do you bring the impossible to life? And mm-hmm. almost every one of our guests has talked about just take a step, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. All of us might get stymied as we think about a bold dream. And and almost all of them have said, just try something, you know. Mm-hmm do something today to walk towards that dream. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to bring the podcast to life. And mm-hmm. it's just one example of the thought leadership that our team will be taking out to Michiganders so that mm-hmm. they can get to know us better and that we can continue those conversations. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about some of the guests you've had on. Absolutely. Well, they've been so miraculous. One of my favorites, of course, was my mom, Liz Webb. Ah! And it's It was so much fun to have her on the podcast because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, clearly, I know her very, very well. We're super close. And I hadn't realized until we had that conversation on the podcast how fearless she is. And, and I've got some fears in life. I love and, it. And she just doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. She's so brave. Mm-hmm. We had one of my dear friends, Molly Bell, who is an executive at another credit union in Colorado <laughs> called Kent. And she's also started an animal sanctuary. And so she shared her story about that. We recently haven't released this one yet, but we had a guest on named Vince Kedlubek, who is one of the co-founders of Meow Wolf.
0: Mm -hmm. And he's dreaming (laughs) boldly
1: about how dreams and reality Mm -hmm. can come together to create experience. So we've had wonderful guests. They have Mm -hmm. magnificent stories and it's just so inspiring to hear
0: about people that are so humble mm-hmm. as they go on these very brave journeys. I love it. And I'm assuming that it's on iTunes and all of the other wonderful yes. podcasts. Any place you places. find your favorite podcast, mm-hmm. you can find Despite Impossible.
1: Well, mm-hmm. cool.
0: I love it. And you don't have to be a member of your credit union to be a guest. No, not at all.
1: We invite all listeners. And I'm thrilled if somebody thinks that they are a bold dreamer and an executor, we always love to hear from possible guests as well.
0: Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, we've, we've mentioned the fact that, that, you, that you as the credit union are very philanthropic, especially in, in the realm of financial literacy. What other programs do you do?
1: Absolutely. Well, one of our more recent partnerships was with the city of Plymouth, Mm -hmm. as well as artist Tony Rocco. So the city of Plymouth recently brought to life an art walk. And Mm -hmm. so essentially, instead of murals throughout the city, they have pieces of art that Mm -hmm. are both from Tony as well as from Mm -hmm. other artists. And when I arrived here in Plymouth in June, again, one of the early conversations we had was with the city about how we wanted to continue to invest in Plymouth. It's our hometown as a credit union. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned that they were excited to bring to life phase two of that art walk. Mm-hmm. So if you're in Plymouth, Michigan, mm-hmm. you can see that two of Tony's pieces of art are on our building here. Ah. And then we'll be sharing eight more pieces of art that will mm-hmm. extend the art walk. and. It's really special because you know, art, again, I think inspires people to think boldly, to think about their impossible. Mm-hmm. It also does something called placemaking. So mm-hmm. if you're in Plymouth and you're walking about and you're enjoying a wonderful meal and you're with somebody you care about, you see one of these gorgeous paintings, mm-hmm. your memory is going to stick so much more vividly. Mm-hmm. And so we're really thrilled about being able to help bring that to life. Mm-hmm. And- we have one more little element of that partnership that we are excited to be launching shortly which is he's going to be designing some debit cards for us. So oh, how fun. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and we intend to have some of the proceeds from mm-hmm. that go to local philanthropic organizations.
0: I love that. You know, and and the reason I like talking about that is so many businesses and I don't care if you're you're a very small business in your spare bedroom or you know a, a, you know something much much larger one of the best things that you can do is uh-huh. to be involved in the community. Oh, yes. You know, and, and maybe, maybe you are very small. Okay. You go and you help at a soup kitchen. Uh-huh. Um, you know, or you uh, you work with his, you know, uh, long ago I worked for ing, the big financial oh, behemoth. Uh-huh. Um, and we had a huge philanthropic program. I mean, it was it was it was a very large budget because we were a very large organization. But the things that we liked doing the most were the things where our employees got involved. And one of our most popular things was um, they we had people who went and they tutored eighth grade students in math. And I mean, it was just it was so phenomenal because some of these people then were friends with those kids for the rest of their lives. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and of course they were all actuary and math people and all that. So that was why it was, you know, they, they worked with them on math uh, uh, programs, but it was, it was something that it was such a win-win situation because the, uh, the students, you know, obviously benefited the school benefited the employees benefited. I mean, they loved it. If, you know, if we had ever said, Hey, you weren't doing that anymore, we would have just had an uproar. Even if they didn't do it, they liked that other people could. Sure. But you know, let's be honest, it also made us look good in the community. Sure. And, and that is one of the things that people always need to keep in mind when they're thinking about, you know, what can they do from a philanthropic standpoint is what makes sense mm-hmm. from a business perspective. I mean, clearly what makes sense for you guys is the financial literacy, sure. um, you know, and, and things like that. But yeah, how can you, as a business, give back to your community in a way that is a a great partnership. Right. Well, and one of the things that
1: we've talked a lot about here at Community Financial that gets to your advice for business owners, I think, is around how do you have that giving connected Mm -hmm. to your good work? Right. And how do you have it be focused? Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that we have done for years is we've given very broadly. Right. How mm-hmm. do we anybody narrow- who asked, God, right. yeah, mm-hmm. right, and how do we narrow that giving mm-hmm. so that our commitments are really closely tied mm-hmm. to our work, and we have an even bigger story to tell? So, right. I think from a strategy standpoint, mm-hmm. as you think about giving as a business owner, that's a mm-hmm. really important part of
0: it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and we were the same way at, at ING. You know, we did, and especially if our employees wanted us to do something. I mean, sure. you know, that was was very much, but. It was one of those where, yeah, it was, we were kind of here, there, and everywhere else. And we finally thought, no, no, okay, we are a financial services company. We do need yeah. to focus on what were the things that that made sense from a business perspective. And, you know, the nice thing is you can pretty much make anything almost fit those guidelines. But, you know, really do think about it, folks. You know, how can you give back? Even if it's just something simple? I was talking to somebody earlier today. I, you know, I interview a lot of authors. Yeah. So I have all of these business books. I read them once and then they sit on the shelf. What could I do with those? You know, could they go to, it's probably not going to make sense for them to go to a nonprofit, but maybe the business school. Sure. Um, you know, and, and, or, you know, a, a local high school that has a business program. I don't know. Do they still do FBLA? I used to be in FBLA. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and so, yeah, could we give that? And I, so it's it's great because it makes me feel good because, hello, I cleared out the shelves. But it also is hopefully helping someone else learn from these books because they're absolutely fabulous resources from my guests. I love that. Well, oh my gosh, we've only got about five minutes left. And and so please tell us a little bit more specifically about um, the credit union. Like, okay, I'm in Atlanta. Could I join? You know, all of these various things. Right. Well,
1: first of all, we do serve Michiganders only Mm -hmm. at this point. And... I would always say that if you are interested in credit unions, Mm -hmm. if you look at credit unions in every state, they Mm -hmm. are. And so CUNA.org has really wonderful resources. Uh They're the National Trade Association Mm -hmm. for Credit Unions. And and they're wonderful local credit unions all Mm -hmm. over our magnificent country. From a community financial standpoint, we do serve our members fully. I think one of the things that's often not understood about credit unions is that we have the full suite of services. So from mortgages to savings accounts right. to investments, if it's a need under that financial umbrella, we take it very seriously, including commercial and business accounts. So we're really proud of mm-hmm. that that work as well. And we're just super excited to continue to invest in our communities, invite people to be a part of that conversation. And, you know, we we love the, mm-hmm. the opportunity to invite people to dream those impossible mm-hmm. dreams.
0: Right. Hey, you know, and, and if you just want to see what they're doing, it's clcu.org. Um, you know, because there are just great things and and it it might give you inspiration for, hey, if I want to join a credit union in my area, they're doing it well here. Let's make sure that they're doing it well there. Um, you know, and, and so it's great inspiration. It's not that you're comparing because everyone is. No. to. Um, yes. but but yeah, it's it's great. You know, and and it's funny because it does say, you know, we're making our dreams come true. You know, you but you are living those messages. They're not just a, a message that is is on your website because people will go, ooh, no, you know, you're making impossible dreams come true.
1: We're really excited about that. And you know, I think the storytelling is going to be thrilling to watch. And so again. Mm-hmm. We appreciate the website mentioned, cfcu.org. You know, over time, you know, keep an eye on what we're up to. Mm-hmm. I know that it will
0: continue to
1: grow and expand and really excited to be able to share our
0: story today. Perfect. I love it. And I can't wait to know what comes next for you because you're clearly, you know, destined for great things. So we, we obviously <laughs> have to keep in touch and, and have you on the program again. Thank you, Are Jeff. there any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with?
1: You know, my invitation is really to dream boldly. You know, each and every one of us have those unique capabilities. We talk about belonging here at Community Financial and we believe that that happens when different people come together and they bring those differences to life when they can fully be themselves. The impossible then does become possible. Mm -hmm. So keep dreaming boldly, find good collaborators and really good things will happen.
0: I love it. Now, if they want to connect with you personally, how do they do that? Absolutely.
1: So I'm on LinkedIn, Tansley Sterns. You'll find me there, and thrilled to connect any with anyone that's listening. And of course, our website again, CFCU.org.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, this has been such a fun conversation, yes. and you know, can't wait to do it again. I'm Deb Greer. I've been talking with Tansley Stern, the president and CEO. Pay attention to that, folks. The president and CEO of Community, financial, credit, union. I wanted to make sure I had it right. Until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network.